Almighty God. O Holy One of Israel, how do we come in this place? And we lift up holy hands to worship you and to worship you alone because you are worthy of our praise. Here is our heart of worship that we give unto you, O God, and we thank you and we pray, O God, that it is a river, O God, that flows unto you as a sweet melody into your ears that delights your heart, God, in the name of Jesus. As you feel, oh God, a worship that is authentic, worship, oh God, that is real, not in just, oh God, a service, but Father, because of the worship in our lifestyle, in what we do each and every day, as we bring honor to your holy name, God, throughout the earth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. But as you watch over the earth, that you find us in a posture of worship, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That we be found in a posture of worship that brings you honor, that brings you honor, God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You deserve it. Because you are the creator of all things. You deserve it because you are our Father. You deserve it because you are faithful. You are committed. You are dedicated to our lives. God, in the name of Jesus, we bow down. We lay down our lives. Father, Lord, and we bless them and we 
Jesus alone. God in the name of Jesus. For his sacrifice. For you given us your own. Your word. And we bless your name that by the stripes of Jesus Christ. 
that we are healed. Thank you, God. Bless your name. Let the captives free. For they will no longer be bound. We thank you for the truth of your word. That liberates the soul of mankind. Touch your heart that we may be open to the truth. That we may receive the words of righteousness. And conform to the very image of who you are. As we walk in the authority of your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. In this place, in the name of Jesus. Resurrect that the dead on today in your resurrection power. That life may spring forth because you are life. Your word is life. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, you are not a God that is dead or false. You are the one and only true authentic God in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we bless your name. Oh, how we reverence you, King. We thank you for this holy day that you have made. Father, we thank you for the anointed word that's coming forth. We thank you, Lord God, for rising up in our speaker today. And as you speak from the throne of heaven, as you use her as your mouthpiece to bring forth words that destroy strong hope. And demonic influence is their goal of In the name of Jesus, we thank you for a word of boldness. Almighty God, that purifies the heart of man. we give you glory. Oh, how we give you praise. And it is in the majestic name of Jesus that we have prayed. Amen. That that is the absolute glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 My God, we just bless the name of Jesus in this place. I want to welcome each and every last one of you to the Kingdom International Intercession and World of Empowerment broadcast. I am Apostle Deron Shea your founder with Divine Order Restoration Ministries International, where we are restoring the order of God, one life, one body, one nation at a time. 
and we're just looking forward to being in the fellowship of the Lord with you in this sunrise Sunday worship service. Amen. In the majestic name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord of God, I am going to give a bio of our speaker and introduce our speaker. Amen. Hallelujah. And we just don't let God have his way with the powerful woman of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I will bless the name of Jesus for um, the servant of God that has that little to serve God. We have a heart for God's people, for the rejected, for the downtrodden, for the abused. Amen. The compassion, the pride for those who are in need. We bless God for the woman of God. As she chases his heart, the fruit of the evidence. Of a walk is seeing her lifestyle. He praise God for her boldness in the kingdom of God to stand up for righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For love and compassion that she has for Christ Jesus. A morning of the to know about him. To the fellow student of the word, a teacher at heart, because she thrived on wanting people to understand the word so that they can become thereof. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. To the mother, to the mother. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord God. I'm sure for new, or King for new, the best God for us. Hallelujah, A woman of virtue, a friend, a mentor to me. She has a heart for foster children in the heart of God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you a strong advocate. The fact is that the Bible for the Bible the Lord. Choose the term doctorate in theology from Isaiah in a diversity. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless God. Okay. 
every day to strive and live for Christ Jesus. And so all this time, I want to introduce this sermon. We introduce to others none other than the doctor, Don Bill Cooper, amen, in the name of Jesus, Lord of God. That's the woman of God, that's that, that you can see your work. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. Hallelujah. <laughs> and be glad in it. Ha, yay, yay, yay. Good morning, good morning, people of God. Uh, just glad to be before you, before the throne, uh, representing um, the kingdom of God. What an honor. Hallelujah, what a privilege. Um, I don't take it lightly. Hallelujah, and I just thank God. I thank God uh, for um, him choosing me, and I thank, oh, Lord, uh, uh, the unction that's in me. I thank God for for uh, putting that there, hallelujah, and, and, and helping me to, to see as I search, as I see the things that God is revealing to me, hallelujah, I've been saved for 30-something years, and uh, it just amazes me how much growth uh, still takes place. So I, his God is just so amazing, and I, and I love him, love him, love him. Uh, so, uh First of all, I, I just want to give honor to him and to Apostle Zorn for walking in obedience and providing this platform for uh, giving honor to you all who uh, took the time to allow God to depart this message into your life. Hallelujah. We praise God and just right now ask that he break up the fallow ground that is in each of us. Hallelujah, that the word that he will speak this day will fall on good soil and that it will prosper 100-fold in each of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Today we will be in Romans 13 and 14. We will be in Romans 13 and 14. More specifically, we will be looking more closely at chapter 14. Um, and if we're going to title this message, it would be pick and choose your battles. You know, you got to pick and choose your battles. Uh, I think you, you, you learned that. Uh, we learned that growing up, but we learn it more. <laughs> I would think that we, I learned it for myself more. Uh, 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 I think I learned it more profoundly within uh, my marriage. Uh, when I was married, I I learned you to pick and choose your battles wisely. Hallelujah. And so everything just can't be a battle. Everything just can't be a dispute. Everything can't be uh, uh, an argument uh, or debate. Hallelujah. So we're, we're going to look more closely as we start to study the word of God in uh, Romans 14 this morning. And before we get started uh, heavily into that chapter, we're going to give uh, just a little bit of a background on on where we are and what's going on at that time. Um, the epistle 
of the Romans was written by the Apostle Paul while he was ministering in Corinth. So while Paul was in Corinth, he wrote to the people, uh, to the saints that were in Rome. Uh, it was his sixth letter, and it is actually the longest letter of all that he'd written. Um, this letter was written about 56 years after the death of Jesus. So about 56 years afterwards, the church there in Rome had uh, gotten set up. Uh, Rome was uh, uh, the home of, of many, 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 many uh, uh, Gentiles. So it was the home of many Gentiles, and there weren't a whole lot of saints uh, saved and believers there, but uh, there were a few churches there that had been established for many years, and they believed that the church was started uh, from those that even attended uh, the day of Pentecost and, and when they heard Peter preach that first sermon and when they had received the gift and the imparting of the Holy Ghost. Um, he was writing to converted Jews and Gentiles. So some Jews from that area as well as Gentiles who lived in Rome had established churches there. And they, again, had those established for many years. So that's a little bit about the background of where we are in, in Rome and in Romans in the letter that uh, Paul wrote to the uh, believers in Rome. So in chapter 14, um, Paul addresses two types of believers, the two types of believers, those that are weak in the faith, um, and meaning they lack power, they lack strength, um, they they. They've turned their lives over, but they, they lack that, that power. And those believers that are strong in the faith, um, which means they have power, they, they walk in uh, uh, more faith, greater faith. Hallelujah. And I would liken it to two people who are living, but one is not strong, and, and maybe they can't walk. And the other is strong and can run and can jump. Both are living, but each experiences life quite differently. So these, these believers here, um, they're experiencing life differently and no different than, than today. We have believers at different levels and uh, different walks. And so uh, some have great faith, some don't have as great a faith. And so Paul now is addressing these two types of believers. We must also keep in mind that in this chapter, we are talking about the things that pertain to this world and not the kingdom of God. So Paul is writing concerning things that uh, uh, have to do with the flesh of man and not so much as the spiritual things of God, the spiritual things of man. It begins by stating that we are not to argue over things of this world. If someone wants to celebrate Christmas or Easter or birthdays, it is okay. That's okay. It is also okay if people do not want to celebrate these holidays. Doing so or not doing so has nothing to do with heavenly things of God. Come on, hear me. 
Now, this is coming from a chief debater. So I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm chief. I, I want to get my word out. I want, I want you, you know, I, I, I'm a chief debater. So I can, can, can even sometimes run into arguing with the best of them. And uh, so, so when I, I preach this message today, know that it, it, it came through me first. Hallelujah. It was a directive to me first. Um, however, as I grow in Christ, I am learning uh, the realization that God requires us. God requires us to deliver, to preach, to witness, to speak, to testify of the good news of Jesus Christ. So we deliver this message. We preach this message. Uh, he, he commands us to do that. That was the Great Commission. He demands us to do that. However, he does not obligate us to make people receive it. We're not held to that. Hallelujah. What you eat, drink, celebrate, it all concerns the flesh. And yes, the Bible says we should be good stewards over the things that God gives us, specifically our bodies, but that it is not mandated spiritually, meaning what you eat does not impact the Holy Spirit. It impacts your fleshly body. Now, it can become spiritual if you get a personal directive from God to eat, to drink certain things. However, I caution you on placing that same mandate on others. I remember uh, I was going through some health issues, um, and I really went before the Lord. Um, I was on a cruise a cruise ship, and, and that, I just hear from God on, on cruise ships. And, and so I, I was going and, and looking out over the ocean and, and, and just really asking God, what do I do about these health issues? What do, what do I do? Uh, uh, I don't know. And I want to see my, 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 my grandchildren marry and even have children, and I want to live a long life, and, and, and I need to hear from you, God, on this. And he answered clearly, clearly, drink seven glasses of water a day. And, you know, we want some profound directive, right? I'm like, what? That's it? Like, seven glasses of water a day? I'm like, really? That's going to give me long life, God, seven glasses drink seven glasses of water a day. You see, that was a mandate. God put that mandate on me. And y'all, I hate water. So while I was even thinking that that was an easy thing to do, um, it, it, it wasn't. It was, And God knew that it wasn't. He knew that it wasn't because I don't eat my calories. I drink them. So I love uh, beverages and I love sweet drinks and juice and and all of that, I, I, I did not like water, didn't drink a lot of water at all, and God knew. God said, you drink seven glasses of water a day, and, and I will preserve your life. So now that's different. So, it, so what I'm eating does then preserve my body, but it became a commandment that God gave me 
So now that thing is spiritual. Now that's that's spiritual. That becomes a command. So uh, uh, it, it, it can be, but I am not. I have never told anyone else. Now, I've given my testimony, and whoever God blesses and whoever receives it from there is received, but I don't tell people that, you know, hey, you, you need to drink water. You know, I, hey, have you considered water? I may say something like that, but it is, I don't mandate others. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, in all of this and all, all of the eating and the drinking, I know people that have lived to be almost 100 years old, and they've been alcoholics most of their lives. Uh, people in and off of drugs, and they've lived lives to close to 100 years old. And I know people who ate healthy and exercised, and they died young. Did what they consume in their bodies dictate if they went to heaven or hell? Either one. Either one. Come on. I know this sermon today sounds like a liberal sermon, but trust me, sanctification and holiness are at the forefront of my intimacy with God. Sanctification and holiness are at the forefront of my intimacy with God. So I I, I apologize now if, if this message does sound liberal. It's not. Paul is trying to get us to see that our focus has to be on the things of God, on the the, the kingdom of God, on the upbuilding of the body of Christ. That should be our focus. But what God is calling us to today is, is, is much deeper. And in verse 17, it states that our focus should not be on, on on meat and drink and holidays and things of this world, but it should be focused on righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what we are to think on. That's what we are to discuss, and that's where our labor should be, unrighteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't waste time arguing over over things of this world. As we see the example in Jesus, Jesus didn't argue. He simply gave the word, and whoever received it, received it. He did not come frustrated, not become frustrated when people didn't listen to him. We tend to get mad. I know, I tell you, I I tend to get a little uh, uh, frustrated when we share the gospel. And people are not inclined to listen or take our advice because I know it works. This is the only thing that works. This is your saving grace that I'm giving you, and and you're, you're, you're rejecting it. You're turning it down. But we have to know, people of God, we have to know if Jesus didn't win them all, what makes us think that everyone we witness to will become citizens of the kingdom of God? Come on, Jesus didn't win them all. Hallelujah. I remember when I first got saved and uh, me and my friend, we were on this walk together and, and uh, we, uh, we were so 
on fire for the God for God. And 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 oh my gosh, we we carried our Bibles, we studied constantly. Our all of our conversation was consumed with the Word of God, and and uh, 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 at that time, you know, we didn't know we hadn't walked real long with God, but and, and as a result, we we're just immature. We were very immature in our walk, and and so we took part in so many fruitless arguments uh, that we had with people. Uh, we would, we would, we would find and debate about. So, so y'all don't play music in your church. Why don't y'all play music in the church? Because God said, make a joyful noise. God said right here in Psalms 150 that, and so we would debate about these things with people at work. So, so you think it's okay to drink? So it's okay to drink. So here's what the Word of God says about drinking. So. You listen to secular music. That's and, and and this is what and you believe that that's okay. So and we would pick all of these arguments. And although you all, I'm a firm believer. I I I, I believe that all of these things uh, hinders your walk and your witness for God. It is not the things that we are supposed to be focused on. Paul is trying to raise us up. That 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 little stuff. If I can get you, hallelujah, to focus on the things of God, then all of that will go away. But if I start with that, it becomes fruitless argument. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul is trying to get the believers in Rome to understand this morning. Now, let's go to Mark 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. And many of you know, uh, may know of, of this account. But Jesus was on his way, and a man came running, asking, what must he do to inherit eternal life? In his coming, he referred to Jesus as the good master. Good master. What must I do to etern- inherit eternal life? Well, good master in those days is interpreted to to be a Jewish teacher or teacher, uh, uh, just someone who's learned uh, of a teacher. It's it's, it's just a man. So he approached Jesus as man and not deity. First and foremost, he, he approached Jesus as man, not deity. And Jesus was quick to point out because he knew how he was approaching him. And Jesus was quick to point out that the human side of me is not good. Don't call me good. Don't call me good because you're addressing the man. But we know that the deity of Jesus is God and nothing but good. So this revelation of Jesus set the tone for the entire conversation. You know, he's already addressing you're approaching me as a man, and you, you are looking at fleshly things, and you are looking at things of this world. So you're not even seeing the deity that I walk in. So, so Jesus told him that he knew the commandments. So he, he said, hey, what must I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? Jesus said, man, you, you know the commandments. 
So why are you asking me the questions about eternal life? In fact, during this dispensation, Jesus had not died. He hadn't rose. He hadn't resurrected. So following the commandments, as this man had done, was all that was required of Israel for righteousness. However, Jesus knew this man was coming in the flesh and not wanting to move in the deeper things of God. So the man affirmed, hey, I've been following the commandments from my youth. So I'm wondering why he comes to Jesus even with this question, because by those days' definition, he is righteous. Then it confirms that Jesus loved this man. So before Jesus even responds, he, he lets us know, I love him. <laughs> Ain't it nice to know that, that Jesus loves us even in correction? So we don't have to be afraid of, of correction from God because he loves us in that correction. Hallelujah. He loves it. Don't fight it. Don't fight correction, y'all. So before he gives this answer, uh, the word of God states that I love you. First off, let me just say, I love you. And he told him that he lacked one thing, and that was the willingness to give up his riches, to take that money and give to the poor, and to take up his cross and to follow him, to take up his life, to take up everything he had, give it away, and follow Jesus. The man was grieved. He was very rich. And he knew that he would not let go of his riches to follow Jesus, not to follow a life with Jesus, not to follow a life of righteousness. So Jesus did not plead with him. Jesus didn't beg the man. Jesus did not even try to persuade him. He gave the man the choice in love. And he gave the man the choice to decide. And when the man made a choice that he, he just couldn't let his riches go and follow Jesus, Jesus continued on his walk, and Jesus allowed the man to continue on his. Now, I, that, that, push that up to today's standards, because if that man was grieved, I would have been like, look, so you telling me you want to keep all of the things of this world because when you die, you're not going to take them with you. So Jesus said, Give, people will receive what they want to receive. Give them the word of God and, and let God give the increase. We as saints try so hard to do the work of God that we fail to let God give the increase. We want to plant. We want to water. We want to give the increase. Hallelujah. In ministry, it is our responsibility to hear from God and deliver what he says for us to deliver or do when you are ministering, when you are ministering in word and song and dance and poetry or anything else. When we are ministering, we are to take our directives from God. 
When I used to dance in obedience with God, I would get so so puzzled and frustrated. And I would go to God and, and I, I said, why weren't the people moved? I did what you said. I, I poured out. I, I lifted you up. Hallelujah. And they just sat there showing no emotion. And God told me that he shows up the way he chooses. And just because people were not laid out crying and jumping around doesn't mean that they were not moved by the hand of God. And he affirmed that I had done what he asked me to do and that he was pleased. As I have watched countless ministries, I have started seeing people operate in their flesh because the people were not responding the way they wanted them to. They started jumping. I mean, when people uh, wasn't moved, uh, just sit there, then, you know, the, the people minister would start uh, uh, pumping and priming people and would start getting extremely emotional and jumping on pews and slapping people upside the head and telling people to run around the church and all of this stuff because they didn't feel like the people were responding. Oh, wait a minute. Did I, I, I left out guilty, guilting people. Oh, oh, now God had blessed you. Now what if God had woken up and, and didn't wake you up and give you? What if God, they, they guilt you into responding the way that they want you to respond. These things in and of themselves are not wrong if it's manifested by the Holy Spirit. But when you have to guilt people into doing what you want them to do, then the body suffers. And there's no profit in that because we are trying to give the increase. God didn't tell us to do that. God told us to minister in whatever area he has called for us. And let him do the increase. Let him do the moving. And it ain't going to look the same way all the time. Hallelujah. We have to let God operate the way he chooses. We are not supposed to plant water and give the increase. We are required to lift up Jesus. After that, the rest is on him and how others receive him. That's it. That's it, people of God. So this relates back to Romans 14. Hallelujah. It relates back to the uh, 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 not getting in fruitless conversations and disputes with people. In Matthew 10 and 14, it states, whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Shake it off. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. Move on. Don't cast your pearls before the swine. Do what God tells you to do. Say what God tells you to say and move on. Let people respond uh, to God where they are and let God begin to, to give the increase. Jesus gave them explicit directions to continue in the word only to those who wanted to receive them. So when he sent them out two by two, 
He gave them explicit direction. Continue in the word. Continue to deliver. But only to those who will receive you. Don't waste your time in these fruitless conversations. Don't waste your time. Hallelujah. And Romans 14, it ends with we are held accountable to our faith. If we can do something in good faith, not wavering in our faith unto God, then more power to you. Literally. 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 So if you can uh, not drink water, let's say that, uh, or, or do a certain thing, and you can do that and, and be okay in your conscience and in your spirit, then more power will be added to you. See, here, Paul uh, didn't mind eating things that were offered to idols. He didn't care. He was like, that stuff is for the body. It ain't going to destroy me. I got the power of the Holy Ghost living in me. The all-powerful God dwells within me. So it doesn't matter what I eat. It doesn't matter what day I celebrate or not celebrate. All of that stuff doesn't matter because it's worldly stuff. It's fleshly stuff. It doesn't matter. What I'm here to do is get you to understand that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm trying to teach you. That's what I'm trying to get you to focus on. Not the dispute. Don't get me wrong. If somebody approaches you with a question about these things, about birthdays and celebrating and, and all of those things, if someone approaches you, give, give where you are in your faith. Hallelujah. But don't get into disputes about these things. I don't. I don't any longer. When you want to, now I do believe that uh, preachers and apostles and people that are um, teachers of others, I do believe that we are held to a standard. And that's what Paul is trying to help us to understand here. We are held to a standard not to cause the people of God to stumble. So uh, there have been a few times in my life where I have been invited to uh, more holiness churches or apostolic churches, and and I know there, uh, I know that there, uh, 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 I would say uh, their mandate that they they place upon their. Uh, what their beliefs, I should say, uh, in their religion is, you know, women are, are not allowed to wear makeup, and, and I do wear makeup. Um, women are not allowed to wear pants, and I do wear pants. And so with with those two, um, I had to make a decision. Do I walk in who I'm, I am in my power? Do I walk in, in my power, or do I conform to this environment? And uh, my decision after prayer was to conform to the environment. Um, and so when I went, I 
had no makeup on and uh, I, I wore a dress, didn't wear pants. And um, the, the the spirit moved in that, the spirit moved in, in that uh, place. And so God told me there was a young lady that was sitting uh, uh, maybe in the next, behind me or the, the the next row behind me and he had a word for me and everyone was was just you know the things of God were high in that service and he had a word for me to give uh that young lady and and so I went and I gave the word and she received the word um and on my way home I pondered the question if I had had makeup on and pants would she have received that word? So we have to think about things. Although that wouldn't have bothered me um, because of where they were, she would not have received the word that had come from God. So that's what Paul is saying here. Don't cause someone to stumble. Don't, don't do that. If, uh, 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 if you believe that drinking a glass of wine is is okay, and you can really do that and and be uh, and and rest in that, uh, then do so in your home. Um, I I don't I don't believe in that, and 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 maybe it's uh, you know it's what God has demanded from me. Uh, maybe as a teacher, He has commanded the deacons to live a certain way and not give of 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 uh, the, those call to uh, teaching and and preaching uh not to give in to those things um however it, it you know i i will i will say it's it's not going to send you to hell those things won't send you to hell um it will compromise uh your your witness if you're out at a restaurant and uh, some people from your congregation see you indulging or partaking in that. It, it may cause your witness to be uh, seen uh, as as not strong. Uh, your witness may be a little compromised. And so uh, that's what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Help. Uh, let's focus on the things of God. Uh, if something bothers your faith and causes you to question and doubt, then by all means refrain from doing that. But do not ridicule someone else because they do not feel the same way you do. How many times do we do that? Oh, they don't. I, you know, just last week I went to a a Christian concert and and I would uh, it was a contemporary Christian. Christian concert, not a gospel concert, but a Christian concert. And so the music was very different for me. The people attending were very different. Um, and so we have to understand that uh, when you have that, um, uh, the people, uh, uh, I, I was there and it was just not my customary way of, uh, of worshiping. And 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 my first inclination wanted to say this is this is so dry like where is the spirit? And and immediately God said just because they don't worship in the manner in which you worship doesn't make their worship 
any less effective. Come on, children of God. That's what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that we can't get into these little ways of thinking and these nuances uh, that we have between our uh, denominations. And I understand that this today was a hard word for me that God gave me. But God wants us to live peaceably with all men. He doesn't want us to focus on worldly things. Now, if they are crossing over into sin, then God commands us to correct them in love, but always preach, always teach, and always live your lives in holiness and sanctification, never giving way to cause another person to stumble. That's what Paul wants us to see today. That's what Paul wants us to to take in today, righteousness, peace joy in the Holy Ghost. That should be our focus today, people of God. I love you. God bless you. It's back in your hands, Apostle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless our for a word on today, a word of, of understanding, a word of direction, a word of correction. Amen. Um, in the name of Jesus, uh, glory to God. Uh, a word if, if, if we would be of, of not just ears of the word, but rules of the word. It would make life so much simply though. I bless God for the best alone to pain. Amen. Um glory to God and to Jesus. Hallelujah. Um as the, the word choice, the choice, 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 choice um, is um you know, so um just spoke out or stood out just so greatly and so we thank God for the power of choice. But, oh, gracious God, we thank you for the blessing of poured out among your people. And that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you restore blessing to our hearts and soul, that in which you poured out. Oh, gracious King, we thank you for the anointing upon our life. We thank you, Lord God, that I'm no harm in nature that comes to the sin of her dwelling, as she is fortified in you, fortified in Christ Jesus. Never can it take anything that is attached unto her, so we rebuke the spirit of that flesh. Oh, God, in retaliation, in the majestic name of the thank you um, for this gift of, oh, God, and teaching them what it is that you equipped in her to pour out into mankind. May you bless her tremendously, oh, God. And we thank you for guarding and leading her way and for her acceleration, oh, God, in, in, in the greater things um, in you. Almighty King, we give you glory and we give you praise. Amen, amen, and amen. I'm glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're going to. 
get ready. Amen. Got people, people. 